Hello and welcome guys to another episode of the Realm of Unknown. I'm your host Shane and today I apologize it is something that I didn't really want to result to but coming this week I am starting classes again and looking forward to it I noticed that my schedule is going to be a little more packed than I originally anticipated. So this weekend beforehand, I'm going to be recording these in advance and going over some uh, stories that are on the Unexplained Mysteries site. Like I went over, I believe, three episodes ago. I don't know if I'll make this a recurring subject or not. I technically have a title called The Unknown Report as kind of like a placeholder instead of just labeling them as full episodes in and of, of themselves. Because they don't really have the research to back it, and I'm just kind of giving my two cents on the articles that I'm reading in real time with the recording. I also wanted to bring up that I am trying my best to get these podcasts and these episodes up onto YouTube. I have a channel over there called Realm of Unknown, just the same name, that I technically have had since, I think, 2015. And I just have not been uploading to it. I've been really wanting to get these episodes up there and potentially doing something with like a live recording. I'm not sure yet. We'll have to see. But it is something that I'm working on currently. And right now I am just trying to get the background situated and a sort of looping video feed for people to kind of just sit back and have play. Because, I, I, you know, I just don't want the audio to play by itself and then just have like a blank screen. You got to have some little like a visual appearance in order to keep people enticed. So that's all really I have for the updates for both the channel, I guess, and the podcast itself. And we're going to start diving into some of the stories. There's actually a few, so I'm excited to go over them with you guys, and I hope you guys enjoy. So the first article that we have today is titled, Killer Monk Said to Lurk in the Haunted Devon Pub. Now, I'm gonna. This is gonna be a similar format to the first time we did this. I'm going to read over the articles and just kind of sprinkle in my own opinion and then discuss them after the fact and bring up some of the, the comments and stuff after. Visitors to the historical Calic Barton in Exeter, England, has long reported encounters of the unexplained. The building, which was originally constructed almost 500 years ago, was once a part of the Calic Priory before being appropriated by King Henry VI. I think that's right. It's either 6th or 5th. I'm so bad with my Roman numerals. To support Eton College. These days, the interior still bears some of a resemblance to its historical self, with several of the original features, including stone-milliated windows and flagstone floors, all still visible. According to the pub's visitors, the building is also still home to the ghost of its former occupants, including an elderly monk named Fred, okay, pretty original there, who has been seen in and around the property. Stories suggest that the monk has been making cheese where Okay. Stories suggest that the monk had been making cheese when he heard screams and rushed to see what was going on. Upon discovering that his sister had been attacked, he lunged at the assailant with a length of cheese wire and succeeded in decapitating him. Okay then, that that leaped very... Okay. Several visitors to the pub have since reported seeing Fred leaning over them in bed at night, a a terrifying prospect to be sure. Some say he may also have a penchant for wine, as according to those who work there, some of the barrels in the cellar have been known to move around all by themselves on occasion. 
So that's really it. That's kind of a short article in and of itself. I I don't know how I feel about this one. It's definitely interesting. I don't. It's definitely unique as well. The priest or was it a priest? I don't know. The, the monk named Fred who decapitated a guy with a cheese wire now still haunts the pub and looms over people while they sleep. Okay, I potentially we could look into this on another episode. I don't know the location and I'm just kind of scrolling through some of the comments here, but maybe the location has more than just Fred, I would hope. Then perhaps if it does, then I can really dive into this and see if there's some more information that we can dig up on this and maybe even talk about some of the sightings. But for the most part, people kind of seem divided in the comments on this article on whether or not they kind of believe it. Most people seem to have a really rational explanation for all this stuff. Who knows? I, again, would have to really dive into it in order to really give an opinion on the fact, because I don't even know if this Fred guy existed. Who knows, if we can find some documentation confirming that, you know, this monk at some point killed a dude and ripped his head off with a cheese wire, then it might give some more credibility to these claims. I don't know, but it's definitely a really, really interesting story. I only read the beginning part. I didn't expect all that stuff towards the end. So the next article we're going to talk about is underneath the cryptozoology tab, and it is titled, An 8-foot-tall Bigfoot Statue Prompts Spike. Prompts Spat at Sightings? I don't know if they're trying to say Spike or not. Spat. Okay. A new permanent resident to the North Carolina town of Moxville has been raising more than a few eyebrows. With its tall, dark appearance and glowing red eyes... Oh, yeah, they do have kind of little LEDs in there. The statue that stands in Pine Ridge Road within Davie County is so convincing that several people have mistaken it for the real thing. Okay, so I guess they did intend to write Spike. I don't know why they... Okay, I've never really used the word Spike before, but okay. While during daylight hours it is quite clearly a statue, during the night and or in low light conditions, it is quite possible to catch a glimpse of the red-eyed silhouette and mistaken it for a real creature. The statue is one of several wooden carvings found on private property within the Moxville area. Keen to avoid unnecessary calls from frantic witnesses, Davie County Animal Shelter has even put up a notice warning people about the figure and asking them not to report it to authorities. Quote, this handsome fellow stands on Pine Ridge Road in Moxville, the organization wrote. As you are traveling down the road at night, please be advised that the eyes appear to glow. If you see this phenomena, you do not need to call animal control to report seeing a Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or any other large creature. Thank you. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Uh, they actually do have a photo of it, and I it's pretty big they have it holding a tree branch as well and you can vaguely see some details of the eyes but i don't know you can't really see them all that much but i guess they reflect light in some degree or they are leds in there i don't know it doesn't even say who constructed this thing either so perhaps there's like an artist or something that commissioned it for the township but I don't know. It just seems very odd that they have this just sitting out there in the woods. Maybe just someone did this on their own volition and now it's sitting there. And the comments don't seem to have anything to help clarify that stuff. So unfortunately, I don't know where this came from. Let me let me look this up really, really quick and see if I can find any information on the Bigfoot statue. 
Okay, so I found another article on USA Today that actually states that the statue itself has red glass marbles as its eyes. So the idea that it reflects headlights with passing cars is actually what people are seeing, not there's no LEDs in there. So it's just glass that's reflecting light. And I don't know why the, art, the article says that the shelter states that it's on private property in Statesville, but the other article states that it's in Moxville or whatever I read I, I this is a little bit later and that it's a little bit outside of Charlotte uh, North Carolina though nothing here states who constructed it I guess whoever owns the property I don't know I, I don't know why they would construct a eight foot tall Bigfoot I guess people have their own interests and tastes in art I don't know so moving back to stories about ghosts and hauntings, we have something that I believe has been kind of moving around a bit in the paranormal field. This was posted back on Monday of this week on the 7th of January, and it is titled Beer Glass Explodes on Camera in Haunted Pub. Again, we are going back to England to another pub. There seems to be a lot of haunted ones over there. I guess they're like bars here that are haunted. We have a lot too. CCTV footage from the Salmon Pub in Belford, England shows a glass spontaneously shattering into pieces. The video, which has so far been viewed over 40,000 times, was shared online by the landlords Michael and Donna Duns, who have been running the pub for the last three years. They're quoted by saying, The glass had been there for about 20 minutes or so, and there was still half a pint in it, said Michael. I heard that the pub is haunted off of a few people beforehand, which I believe now, after this happened. The three tables that are shown in the video have been known to be where main incidences happen regarding glasses moving and falling off the table. We have seen two glasses moving on their own, but never anything breaking like this. For sure, the footage does seem to show a glass spontaneously breaking, however, it is unclear what the cause of it is. Some social media users have argued that this is a type of thing that actually happens quite regularly. Glasses smash like this in pubs all the time. It's all the washing, hot steam, and chemicals used to sanitize. Best one is when the bottom falls out of the glass, writes Rachel Clamp. Others, meanwhile, remain adamant that it is something paranormal that is to blame for the occurrence. The footage itself can also be seen in this article, so I'm probably going to look over it and then give my two cents after I read some of the evidence. And for the most part, or not evidence, some of the comments down below, some people are also agreeing with the claims that it is simply just the glass itself. Some people stating that a lot of bar owners and pubs have rather cheap glass because they just buy them in bulk and they know that they're going to probably break at some point, so they just have a lot of them. Other people are saying, you know, the frequency from the glass could be blamed on the jukebox or so-and-so. I don't know about that since it's just kind of regular music. I don't know if that can cause glass to shatter. And if it is, then I guess all the glass would shatter. Who knows? I think it's kind of something that might relate back to the claim that just wear and tear over time. But I'm going to actually look over the, the video and then get back to you guys. Okay then, so I actually watched over the video. It is called Eerie Moment Pint Glass. I can't read the rest of this. If you find it on YouTube or not, just look up Pint Glass Exploding in English Bar, I guess. But looking over the video itself, it's actually, I don't know, because there's not really any audio to it, because it's on CCTV footage. And so, okay, to 
clarify this for an audio-based format. There is a woman sitting at a very small table, and there she's talking to two people to the table next to her. And there are, there's three tables in view, and then there's the bar behind it with four, five people at the bar, one person sitting at the back table. The woman is sitting in the middle table where the pint glass explodes and then there's the two people in frame on the closest table which she is turned looking at so the woman is inches away i'm assuming it's her glass because it does have almost a full amount of whatever she's drinking in it and you can see it when it explodes it just goes everywhere onto the floor the weird thing is though no one seems too spooked by this by any means like the people at the bar turn around and see what happens i guess that's a common reaction you know you're not actually looking at the source of the sound so you just kind of turn to see what's going on get a feel of the situation but the people that are sitting and having the conversation the two that are looking towards the woman and in the same direction as the glass don't really have that much of a visible reaction the woman who is sitting like literally two or three inches away from the glass itself doesn't seem to have that big of a reaction either she just kind of turns and looks at it and to be fair this clip is only about 28 28 seconds long so perhaps something does happen after the fact but if it were me and my glass next to me exploded whether it be paranormal or not i would have reacted a bit more i I don't i'm not going to say i would freak out and shove the table away and jump up but I wouldn't casually turn towards it either. Like the woman, I would maybe like jump a little. I would be startled because it's a shattering glass next to me. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I would definitely need more context. I don't know how this story played out. Perhaps looking into the location itself could, you know, spur some more information on the situation. But it's, it's interesting. It's definitely something I would suggest you guys look out for yourself. And again, it's a short watch, so... Let me know your own opinions on the matter. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So moving on to a more mystery-based thing. Uh, this is something, it's a touchy subject because I know it's a serious event. But the article is titled, Fisherman Claims to Have Seen M.H. 370 crash this was posted on thursday of this week and it goes like this a man whose crew allegedly witnessed the plane going down has provided investigators with the coordinates exactly what happened to malaysian airline flight 370 after it departed from kuala lumpur international airport on march 8th 2014 five years ago wow still remains one of the most enduring mysteries of modern aviation history despite undertaking an extensive search uncovering 46,332 square miles wow costing about 160 million dollars and lasting around 1046 days investigators from countries ranging from australia china and malaysia ultimately failed in finding the wreckage I remember when this happened, I remember following it for a while because, again, it was so mysterious. So I 
it, it still baffles me that this happened five years ago. I wasn't even in college or deciding on where I was going to go to college yet. Now though, five years after the ill-fated flight, Indonesian fisherman Razli Kasmin, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, has suddenly come forward with claims that he and his crew actually witnessed MH370 crashing into the sea. He stated, by, he stated as saying, I saw the plane moving from left to right like a broken kite, he said during a press conference. There was no noise, just black smoke as the result of a fire before it crashed into the water. Cosman had no explanation for why he waited five years to talk about the incident. However, he has provided authorities and investigators with data containing evidence to his claim and the coordinates of the site. Whether this information will genuinely help solve the mystery, however, remains to be seen. So again, this is a rather new event and uh, new information that's coming out. So it's not something that I believe they've fully looked into just yet. It's going to take some time. So I... I'd be interested in following this to see how this goes. And I don't know, I just don't... I don't know how much I feel about this one. Because, again, I don't... I mean, it's stated in the article very clearly that he doesn't know why he waited five years. I don't know why either. Perhaps he didn't... I don't know. I feel like if you're in that area and you know... If you even watch or hear gossip, you would know that this sort of thing happened... Plus, it's a plane going down near you. I don't know how I feel about the idea that there was no noise to the claim. I, I mean, just hearing planes go by, you hear them flying. I know there's, like, the engine and stuff. But even things that are flying by your, like, your head, like a baseball or something that goes near your ear, you hear it, you hear the momentum, you hear the movement of it. So to me, I mean, to be fair, I've never seen a plane crash. I've never seen an object of that size fall from the sky, like a few miles down. I wouldn't be able to give specifics on it, but in my opinion, I don't know if that would not make noise, especially if there's engine failure, if there's fire, there's stuff going on. I feel like some noise would be made unless, of course, they're super far away, so perhaps that might give some credence to this i don't know again this is a very new and fresh story so this information and these questions that i have could potentially be answered as investigators really dive into the information that they gave him uh, that he gave them so we'll see so moving into some fun uh science and technology based stories that i kind of felt would be a nice little lightener after that last story topic in general and just something to round out because this is realm of unknown unknown doesn't technically have to relate to the paranormal supernatural and extraterrestrial stuff that we don't know about just yet it could do with science and technology and all those other fun topics so this article is titled evidence of life found in deep antarctic lake scientists have discovered the remains of several types of organisms in the lake over one kilometer beneath the ice the discovery has been made by researchers of the oh geez, Subglacial Antarctic Lakes Scientific Access, or SALSA, project, which, <laughs> that's actually a really cool name, who recently drilled down into Lake Mercer, a subglacial body of water in Antarctica. Incredibly, by carefully sampling the water, they were able to find the remains of tardigrades, algae, diatoms, and small crustaceans that have seemingly been down there for thousands of years. It is unclear how the land-dwelling tardigrades and fungi managed to get down there. However, it has been speculated that they may have subsided on bacteria within the water. 
According to project lead John Prescu, I, I'm so bad with names, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, every effort has been made to prevent contamination of the lake or the samples that an independent expert has also brought in to verify the findings. The next stage will be to date the organisms and to sequence their DNA. The discovery adds to the brewing body of evidence suggesting that subsurface lakes on icy worlds such as Europa and Enceladus could potentially harbor extraterrestrial life forms. So hey, I guess this does kind of tie back to the whole stuff we talked about beforehand. As things stand, however, further research is very much needed to confirm the team's findings, so I'm very interested to see how this develops, how this, how they solve any of this sort of information. Again, it's a really recent article and recent discoveries, so I don't expect anything right off the bat. I'm expecting it probably within a few weeks or months or so, but I will keep you guys posted on how it goes. So here's an article. This is under the bizarre topic. It's something that's very intriguing. I read through the article itself in, in its entirety before recording this, and I have to say I'm, re- I'm really interested in this. I didn't realize this was a thing. But the article is called, Woman Develops the Inability to Hear Men Talk. Now, this was posted this Sunday, and it goes like this. A woman in China made headlines recently after it emerged that she was unable to hear men's voices. According to reports, the woman, who has been identified as only Miss Chen, had awoken one morning to find that she is suddenly no longer able to hear a single word that her boyfriend says to her. Concerned with the strangely selective hearing loss, she went straight to Kyangpu Hospital, where she consulted with Dr. Lin Jiangjing. I'm so bad with names. Apparently this is also an actress, but she consulted a doctor who is an ear, nose, and throat specialist. Dr. Lin is quoted as saying, She was able to hear me when I spoke to her, but when a young male patient walked in, she could not hear a single word he spoke. Chen had experienced nausea and ringing in her ears the night before the hearing loss and was also under a lot of stress due to working late hours and a lack of sleep. She was eventually diagnosed with reverse slope hearing loss, which is a rare condition that prevents a person from being able to hear low frequencies. Fortunately for Chen, however, the condition is only believed to be temporary. So I didn't know that this was a thing. That's actually really, really amazing. Not not for her, but it's just amazing that this is a thing that's out there in the world. Apparently it has a really, really low chance of occurring. I believe it's like one out of like two or three thousand or something. It's very, very low, but it's apparently something that can happen. I don't fully know what causes it perhaps it is just like stress and stuff like that but it just seems to be a condition that happens and it's theorized that it's only temporary so i hope mrs chen gets better but wow i just it's fascinating that this is a type of thing that can just happen that you can't hear low frequency and i guess a lot of guys have that in their tone of voice so she wasn't able to hear any guys she could hear girls perfectly fine baffles it's just baffling to me So the last little article that we were discussing today goes back to the whole space science type stuff, and it is titled, Cotton Seeds Have Begun to Start Sprouting on the Moon. This was posted on Tuesday of this week, and it goes a little like this. In a world first, seeds carried to the moon aboard China's Chang'e 4 spacecraft have actually begun to sprout. Contained within a sealed miniature biosphere along with air, water, and nutrients, the seeds, which include cotton and potatoes, are the first ever to start growing on the surface of another world. 
I don't know why they labeled it world. I just I would say surface and space, whatever. Up until now, the only seeds grown in space were in an orbiting spacecraft. So I guess okay, okay. To clarify things, they're not planting it like in the moon. They're not they're not on the surface of the moon and planting it into the ground itself. They're in a space they're in a spacecraft like they mentioned there. It's in a sealed environment. The news marks another major success for Chang'e 4, which has already made history by becoming the first spacecraft ever to touch down on the far side of the moon. So this was something that was mentioned a few days ago. If you guys are following the news, I probably should have really done a story on it. I just didn't really find it that significant. I know it is, but I don't know. It's, it's just the opposite side of the moon. Great. <laughs> By demonstrating that it is possible to grow plants on the lunar surface, this has opened the door to the possibility of seeing humans living and working on the moon for long periods of time. This suggests that there may not be insurmountable problems with astronauts in the future trying to grow their own crops on the moon in a controlled environment, says astronaut Fred Watson. I think it's certainly a great deal of interest in using the moon as a staging post, particularly for flights to Mars, because it's relatively near the Earth. Experiment chief designer, Professor, oh gosh, these names, I'm sorry, Zi Jiang Zin, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say that for now, but I'm terrible with names, was also optimistic about the achievement. We have been given consideration to future survival in space, he said. Learning about these plants' growth in a low-gravity environment could allow us to lay the foundations for our future establishment of a space base. I I mean, people have been talking about this type of stuff for years and years and years about having a type of moon colony or a moon base. I know there's a whole conspiracy side of things that aliens or even like Nazis and stuff have kind of taken over the moon or they're in the moon i think also is another one but i find this interesting i never really thought it was possible but i guess thinking back on it i believe they have because i mean no they have the whole thing with the the orbiting stuff they mentioned already that plants technically have already been grown in space i think i read somewhere too that forms of bacteria have also been able to survive out in low gravity environments i don't know the full depth of all this stuff i'm not an astronaut or aerospace engineer or whatever i don't know the logistics of that sort of information but i'm interested in learning more and i'm definitely intrigued on seeing how far we can really push this sort of stuff and push this technology in order to have these closed off little biospheres to grow food and crops and have oxygen supplies further out into space that could really open up a lot of doors so i'm interested to see how it goes i love the idea of space and i really really wish we explore it more i know we are but i want more because it's just a nerd for space but this is definitely an interesting article for me and i love the idea of this going further into the future so that's actually going to be it for today. I, I know it's a weird little video to have, or audio, I guess, in this sense, for, for the podcast format. But I, again, was been really swamped down with stuff and realizing that I have a lot of things to prepare for. I have to plan out my own individual thesis schedule and schedule for my portfolio alignment. And with that, I'm going to try to find room and schedule in space for recording research and all that sort of stuff. At the same time, however, I am currently looking for a new job and I have to factor that in as well. So I will, during this time, I will really be hammering down backlogging a lot of episodes, just getting things out, getting it done, in order to just send them out. The last few weeks has been really rough, not rough, just very 
difficult because I've been back home. I've got the holidays, the semester's ending, finals weeks, the new ones starting up, you know, graduations coming up soon. So it's just been back to back to back, having to do a lot of things, handle a lot of stuff. And unfortunately, as this being right now a side uh, little hobby or thing to kind of whet my appetite when it comes to the paranormal i have to put it on the back burner which i don't want to do but unfortunately i have to but i do have plans for it again as i stated earlier in the episode i am really really trying to get this up onto youtube onto my channel realm of unknown i want to be working on the background stuff for it so i will be trying to get some live stuff going some podcast episodes up on there i don't know if i'm going to continue making personal videos on there i did topic based ones perhaps i will perhaps i'll do like a top five type stuff like i used to or just do short little topics or just fact-based videos we'll have to see the editing process is a lot more difficult when it comes to videos because it takes like twice the amount of time and it's just it's just a lot to do But again, I will be wrapping this up for this episode. I apologize that it's not a full episode and this is an unknown report one, but I hope this kind of holds you over for now. I, again, will be backlogging stuff. I hope to record one or two episodes this weekend, so I might have something for next week. I have a few topics that I'm really excited about and I want to get out, so I hope you guys stick around and enjoy them. Again, at this moment, the podcast is on a bunch of different platforms currently, and I believe iTunes has just hopped onto that boat. So finally, Realm of Unknowns is on iTunes. It was technically on there before, but it's on there now, so be sure to go over and check it out there, rate it, leave a review, whatever you guys want to do. I... I'm interested to see how that platform develops, but otherwise we're on other places like Google Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, and a bunch more, and hopefully YouTube soon. We'll see how that goes. But if you guys want to reach me with your own comments or your own personal stories and topics that you want me to talk about, you can reach me at realmofunknown at google.com. You can reach me at realmofunknown at gmail.com, or you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Realm of Unknown. I'll be posting some topic-related stuff, and I link up the articles and stuff that I talk about over on my Twitter account. Instagram is more so for images relating to the topic, but both are pretty interesting if you want to check it out. Again, it's Realm of Unknown at Twitter and, and Instagram, and Realm of Unknown at gmail.com for my email. I hope to see you guys again for future episodes and topics, and I hope you guys remember to stay spooky.